Good morning, Orlando. Hope you had a fabulous weekend. Delighted to have you with us up and at them early here at 6 o'clock for our first check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a congressional inquiry into Russian election interference begins. And four people are killed in a Lake County wreck. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. I hold in my hand the specs for the Trump wall. We need to talk about this, and we will next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Monday morning. It's 6.01 on News Radio 1025. The House Intelligence Committee is set to hold a hearing today on Russian interference in the presidential election. FBI Director James Comey is scheduled to testify along with NSA Chief Mike Rogers. Comey will be pressed about President Trump's allegation that President Obama ordered wiretapping at Trump Tower last fall. Top members of the House and Senate intelligence panels, however, said last week that they've seen no evidence to support the accusation. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In the meantime, confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Neil Gorsuch also start today. The 49-year-old Gorsuch will testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee. President Trump nominated Gorsuch to replace Justice Antonin Scalia, who died more than a year ago. Gorsuch is a federal judge in Denver. He also worked in the Justice Department during the George W. Bush administration. And Gorsuch is a respected, highly credentialed and conservative jurist praised by both sides of the political aisle. And that leaves Democrats in a quandary about just how hard to fight him. Which may explain, Deb, why there's been a conspicuous absence of opposition to Gorsuch leading up to these hearings today. Uh, The Democrats, there's some thinking is, they're not going to stop Gorsuch anyway. Let's muscle up for the next Trump pick on the Supreme Court and go to the wall on that one. I wouldn't be surprised because there's been very little clamoring about this. I know. Yeah, there really has. Yeah, the, the, the silence has been uh, has been really interesting. Something I know you're going to be talking about right after the news this morning is the fact that the U.S. Department of Homeland Security is looking for prototype proposals for a border wall. You have the specs. I do. Building a wall across the U.S.-Mexico border was one of President Trump's main campaign promises. The White House has requested that more money be given to Homeland Security so that the wall can be constructed. U.S. Customs and Border Protection says the wall should be made of concrete about 30 feet high and be able to stop people from digging under it. The agency would also like the wall to be, quote, aesthetically pleasing in color. The president's particularly concerned that it looked good from our side, which I thought thought was really interesting. Yeah, we do have more of the specs that um, uh, are most interesting here, and we'll see what folks think of the Trump wall the way he conceives it now and whether or not it is worth the cost. In local news, four people are dead and several others are injured after a multi-car pileup in Lake County. The FHP was among responding agencies to the seven-vehicle accident yesterday on Florida's Turnpike at mile marker 290 near Howie in the Hills. Authorities say one person died at the crash scene. At least 11 others were taken to the hospital where three more were pronounced dead. The cause of the crash is under investigation. A marital dispute in DeLand is the apparent cause of a man losing his life in an officer-involved shooting in DeLand. Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood and acting DeLand Police Chief Randall Henderson said a 45-year-old man was killed yesterday in a standoff with the police after a string of dangerous acts. Authorities say the man was drinking and suicidal when he shot at a building and officers late yesterday in the area of Biscayne Boulevard and Old Daytona Road. 
That man then laid police on a high-speed car chase that ended with the man nearly running down pedestrians, stopping and getting out of his car and getting shot dead by police after refusing calls to stand down. And finally, the winter blues are coming to an end as today marks the official start to spring. Ah. During today's vernal equinox at 629 a.m., that's the official start of spring, the sun's direct rays pass from the southern to the northern hemisphere over the Earth's equator. That means basically an equal amount of daylight and darkness due to the sun's position above the equator. This phenomenon occurs twice a year in March and September and signals the changing of the seasons. Spring brings better weather, blooming flowers, more daylight. Also holidays like Easter and Cinco de Mayo also come along. Well, it's all upside. It's a wonderful thing. It's a big deal up north, not so much down here. Yeah, we were hoping for some winter weather that we could actually look forward to welcoming spring. I mean, the final days of winter here, could our weekend have been more sensational and perfect? Maybe the best weather on the planet right here all weekend long. Which was perfect for all of the different events that were going on in Central Florida this weekend. Talk about living in the city beautiful. Oh, my goodness. We had the Winter Park Art Festival, all kinds of things going on. Of course, we had Arnie's tournament wrapping up down at Bay Hill. It warmed up nicely for that. We had a great big country music festival in Osceola County. We had a spring craft fair in Mount Dora. Sure, we we had Orlando City Soccer playing on Saturday. NCAA. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Good stuff. It really is. WFLA News Time 606. Hey, before Bud starts talking about the border wall, read about Border Patrol stopping a driver coming from Mexico and finding four Chinese nationals in the trunk. Oh, yeah? And that's something that a lot of people haven't been focusing a lot on, is that not only is the border considered porous for Mexican nationals, but it's where a lot of other nationals try to come in through the country. I couldn't Chinese agree more. Chinese nationals, Big deal. Nepalese, Indian. Right. So it's a lot more than, than just a Mexico problem. Well, if Trump gets his wall the way he wants it built, party's over. And Bud will be talking about that just moments from now. Get that story, though, at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. And Yaffe in the control room. And guys, I got to tell you very, very quickly because we got a lot to talk about in connection with the wall. So we show up at Ed and Mary Ellen's for our for our gathering with these three other couples we love to be with. Periodically, we get together about every six weeks at somebody's house. And it was St. Patrick's Day on Friday. And I thought, uh-oh, we're in for corned beef and cabbage, which Yum. is what I had heard. And the smell of that stuff just absolutely makes me crazy. It's just I have a bad memory of that from a long time ago. She decided not to do it, Deb. We didn't have it. We had potato soup and salad and all kinds oh, of great stuff. Oh, I know. Because it wasn't because of me, because of me ranting on the radio, because they listen, you know, and it's a wonderful thing, and I appreciate that. It was because it was uh, a St. Patrick's Day on a Friday, and there were a couple of Catholics coming, and I guess for a long time the order has been if uh, you have a Friday and Lynch, you can't have any meat if you're Catholic. Yeah, but I had told your friend Mary Ellen on Friday that yeah. the word had come down from several bishops in several large dioceses across the country that just as in 2006, the last time St. Patty's Day fell on a Lenten yeah. Friday, the church gave the blessing for folks to go ahead and have their corned beef and cabbage, this do another form of penance. Well, I dodged the aromatic... Mike and I are going to have to come up with another form of penance. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I think that we need to reschedule this dinner. We oh, need to we need to have you do it. this. You know okay. what we need to do is have them bring it in like at six in the morning. You know when you really <laughs> when you really. I don't even know if I want that. Stomach is flipping upside down. That's enough. We got to cue the break. We'll have a. The wall talk here. I've got the specs right here in my hand, and uh, we'll share them with you in a moment. I like what I see. We'll see what you think. 407-916-5400 and the toll-free, or rather the text line, 23680. Here on Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll have this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, an update for you in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So now we have, quite literally, a concrete proposal for the Trump wall, one of the cornerstones of his successful campaign for president of the United States. We're going to build a big, beautiful, huge wall on the southern border, and his supporters went wild for it. We need it for so many reasons. Now, this is what the Trump administration has laid out as the parameters that must be followed for anyone who wants to bid on building the wall. The government is going to award a contract based on 30-foot-wide sample walls that will be built by bidders in San Diego. Here's what they'll have to conform to to have any shot at getting this huge job. They'll need... They'll need to do one of two things. They're going to have to build a solid concrete wall or a see-through structure. In both cases, the wall has to be sunk at least six feet into the ground, so you can't tunnel under it very easily. And the wall must be 30 feet high. Wow. That's a three-story building in height. So much for we'll just put a ladder up and hop over. That's not going to work. That's a long way up and a long way down, 30 feet high. The wall must include 25 and 50-foot wide automated gates for pedestrians and vehicles to enter at various points legally. So there you go. Now, this is interesting. The proposed wall must be built in such a way that it would take an hour, an hour, to cut through it with a sledgehammer, a pickaxe, an acetylene torch, or anything else you can name. Right now, the fencing they have along the border here and there, 15-foot steel posts and, uh, and steel netting, they're constantly having to repair holes in it here. So that's it. Now, Trump says the wall he can do for about 12 bills. Some people say it's up to 20 billion or whatever to go across the entire southern border of the United States where where building a wall is at all geologically feasible to do, okay? Trump wants a down payment in his current budget of $2.6 billion for this. And then along the way, he still promises he's going to get Mexico to pay for the wall one way or another. So here's the deal. What do we get for a 30-foot wall? Well, I'll tell you the benefits here in just a moment. And I'll tell you why. I think it's the buy of a lifetime for the people of the United States. What do you think of the specs I've laid out for you now for the Trump wall? I love it. I think it's terrific. I'm into the solid concrete version. Thank you very much. What about you? 407-916-5400. Do you like what you hear 
Do you want the wall built? If so, see-through or solid concrete? 30 feet high enough? Take an hour to cut through it? Tough enough? Works for me. 407-916-5400. You've been waiting. That's what the wall's going to be all about. The text line is open at 23680. So the specs are in. For those who want to bid on building Trump's wall across the southern border, it's got to be 30 feet high, either see-through or solid concrete, in any case tough enough that it would take at least an hour to cut through it by any means, from sledgehammer pickaxe to acetylene torch. Um, Now, here's the deal. I think the return on investment here is enormous. And for those who say, well, that's a lot of money, bud man, 12 billion, 20 bill, whatever. Let me remind you that the federal government spends a little over $10 billion of our money a day. So for a little bit more than a day, maybe a day and a half, maybe two is a stretch on the high end, you would have your wall, okay? And what do you get for the wall? You stop the flow of illegals coming across the southern border. Are there other ways for them to enter? Yes, but there is no question that is the entry of choice. Our southern border, nothing else even comes close. You would stop terrorists from coming in across the southern border. You would stop the drug smuggling. That is that is just ruining so many lives in this country, these illegal drugs. They'd have to find another way, and I'm sure they would, but we would eliminate the easiest way and the way of the greatest volume of illegal drugs, heroin and you name it, coming into this country. When you cut off the flow of illegals, you cut out the crime that they that they cause in places. We know that. We know the tragic results. We know the Kate Steinle story and countless others like it. The illegals who are draining our social services here and are taking jobs that Americans should have. I'm telling you, 12 billion, 20 bill, it's the absolute buy of a lifetime. I like what I see in the wall. Yaffe? Yes, I agree with you. I'm just, I'm sitting here trying to think, you know, as a leftist, what, what are You're negative- not a leftist? No, but I'm trying to think what? like a- Wait a, a minute, Yaffe's a leftist? I'm trying to think like oh. a leftist. All right, all right. I'm sorry. And I trying to understand, <laughs> and what? trying to understand what the negatives would be of a wall. I'm literally thinking here, I'm like, what are the negatives of building a wall? I don't really know what they are. That is an excellent point. On what basis would you oppose the wall? Come on. Even if you're not an extreme leftist, we got liberals out there, all right? Mm -hmm. Forget the fact you hate Trump. You don't want to do anything he wants to do, all right? Let's get beyond that a little bit. I've given you all the reasons the wall is a good thing for this country. Right. And I think it is all the way across the political spectrum that should be universally true. If you don't like the wall, what's wrong with this, in your opinion? And I don't want to hear it costs too much because oh, liberals don't care about how much the government Heck spends. No. I mean, come on now. Yeah, you lefties can't. Yeah, don't don't, don't play the money game with me for <laughs> crying out loud. Spend us into oblivion for crying out loud. Let's go to Frank and Deltona. So what about it? 30 feet high and thick enough that you can't cut through it in an hour? What about the Trump wall, Frank? Hey, top of the morning, bud. Love you guys. I, I was in combat engineers at one time during my Army career. Yeah, so give me, get, all right, cut right to the chase. What do you want? Do you want the wall or something else? 
I want something else. I want the, I want it minefield. We have plenty of mines. It'd be a lot cheaper. The army can use the practice because my you can't engineers. be blowing arms and legs off of uh, women and children coming through Mexico from Guatemala, Frank. Come on now. I understand how you're feeling viscerally, but come on now. Let's go to Don and Wildwood on the Trump Wall. Do you like what you hear? Morning, bud. I like what I hear. But the drug cartels have been digging tunnels that are sometimes 20 foot underground. Let's put sheet piling down 25 to 30 feet and use it as a base and build a wall on top of it. All right. So so you want an improvement below the surface. And I think you raise probably an excellent point. We're listening to Martin out now on the coast from Merritt Island. You've joined the Bud Man and Yaffe on Good Morning Orlando on the Trump Wall. What about it, Martin? Good morning, Bud. I think that uh, I agree with you 100%. It's a drop in the bucket for what we're spending. Uh, but I think over the course of a year, maybe two at the most, we'll have that money back in savings by way of uh, what we have to do to take care of these people. We feed them. We house them. We clothe them. We educate them. They go to the hospital. They use our health care system. That money will be brought back in no time at all. Build the damn wall. God, I love it. Terrific. Big doings today on Capitol Hill. Let's get an update on that as we check in with Deborah Roberts for the latest news. Deb? Thank you, bud. FBI Director James Comey is slated to testify today before a congressional inquiry into alleged Russian meddling in the U.S. presidential election. The House Intelligence Committee, one of several congressional panels probing the allegations, has also invited Michael Rogers, the director of the National Security Agency. Also of interest are President Trump's recent wiretapping allegations. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. State lawmakers don't have a lot of extra cash for their new budget, but Senator Jack Latvala says they will find enough money to give prison guards a raise. Help is on the way from the Florida Senate. You know, our budget will include substantial help for you. That was welcome news to Corrections Secretary Julie Jones, who says salaries are so low they can't keep their people. I'm losing officers to state and local government and to local businesses, even Walmart. As a result, I have an unacceptable high vacancy rate of prisons across the state, especially in North Florida, where the prison business used to be the only game in town, and it's not anymore. Jones wants an across-the-board raise for guards and probation officers, extra pay for working with inmates who have mental health problems, and a hiring bonus for officers who transfer to prisons that are severely understaffed. Authorities in Louisiana are identifying a sheriff's deputy who was killed in East Baton Rouge. Sergeant Sean Thomas Anderson was shot and killed Saturday night while investigating a report of a rape at a barber shop. The 43-year-old was one of two deputies at the scene who struggled with the suspect before shots were fired. Anderson died at the hospital. The suspect was also hurt and was taken to the hospital. Anderson is the fourth officer killed in Baton Rouge since July. Meanwhile, a Louisiana law enforcement officer charged with murder in the shooting death of a six-year-old autistic boy goes to trial today as jurors are set to hear attorneys' opening statements. Derek Stafford is one of two deputy city marshals in Marksville charged with second-degree murder and attempted second-degree murder over the 2015 shooting that killed Jeremy Martis and critically wounded his father. Body camera video shows the father has had his hands raised inside his vehicle during the gunfire. Overseas, authorities in France 
France say drugs and alcohol were found in the blood of the man shot and killed at a Paris airport when he grabbed a soldier's gun. Toxicology tests showed the attacker had cocaine, pot, and alcohol in his system. The 39-year-old was killed at Paris's Orly Airport after he grabbed a soldier's gun and said he wanted to die for Allah. French authorities say the suspect was known to police and intelligence services as a radicalized Muslim. However, his father told French media that his son was not a practicing Muslim and that he wasn't a terrorist. He blamed the incident on drugs and alcohol. In sports, the Magic open up a three-game homestand tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers at the Amway Center. Charlotte and Detroit will also come to town this week. The Magic snapped their four-game skid with a 109-103 win in Phoenix last Friday. WFLA News Time 635. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. And spring has sprung officially about seven minutes ago. How about that? And our Florida Gators are in the Sweet 16 in March Madness. Next game. Tip-off Friday night at about 10 o'clock. We'll carry it here on WFLA. Of course, we proudly carry the Bloomberg Business Report brought to us live by Gina Cervetti from the Bloomberg Newsroom every morning on Good Morning Orlando at 6.35. So let's bring in Gina from New York City as we speak. And good morning to you. Good morning, bud. Happy spring. And you as well. Let's talk about how the week wound up with trading on Wall Street. And you've been checking out the stock futures, getting Mm -hmm. an eye on what might come down today. What do you know? Well, right now, the futures are a little changed this morning. We've got the Dow futures down about 19 points, not a huge decline there. We do have crude oil down about 1.5%, just above $48 a barrel. Looking back on the week, uh, we saw the benchmark S&P 500 slipping a tenth of a percent on Friday. For the week, it was up one quarter of 1%. That one starts out this morning at 23.78, the NASDAQ at 59.01, and the Dow begins the morning at 20,915. And what's Bloomberg have its eyes on uh, for this week ahead? Well, not so much today, but this week we will watch for monthly reports on home sales. That's new and existing sales. We get an update on durable goods orders. Those are big ticket manufacturer items. We have weekly updates on jobless claims and consumer comfort, bud. And you've got a story about Saks um, and, and some private customer data being exposed that's yeah. disturbing. What can you tell us yeah, on this? Yeah, another case here. If you've shopped at Saks Fifth Avenue online, you're going to want to pay attention to this. Uh, and I'll, just another example of some breach happening here. Mm. And, and actually, this was inadvertently done by the company itself, apparently. Oh, Hudson's Bay owns Saks Fifth Avenue, and it, it exposed some personal information of tens of thousands of customers through the company's websites. This included email addresses and phone numbers for Saks customers. Now, the private data was removed after Hudson's Bay was contacted by BuzzFeed News, actually, which first reported the exposure. A Hudson's Bay spokeswoman, spokeswoman says no payment or password or credit card information was exposed. So that is uh, some consolation there, I suppose. And also, we got just one story about the Russian after another, Oko, making headlines. But only you've got one about Russians and Oreos. What in the world are you talking about? Well, it seems that Oreos are recession-proof, but in Russia, too, Mondelez has been luring Russians with Oreo cookies, bucking a recession in that country to expand retail sales by what Mondelez says was a double-digit percentage last year. Oreo's market share in Russia reached 5% behind Mondelez's own Jubilee brand and Orion Choco Pie, according to Nielsen. Now, Pepsi 
has said that both its snacks and beverage volumes in Russia declined last year for 2016. So apparently, uh, Russians really like Oreo cookies. <laughs> Along with everybody else on yeah, the planet has ever exactly. tried one, right? <laughs> yeah, before you go, uh, from the uh, car industry on the high end right now, some optimistic news. Well, Porsche's profit machine continues to rev up. Volkswagen owns that brand, and it delivered 238,000 Porsches last year, posted an operating profit of $4 billion, up 14% from 2015. And But if you put those numbers together, mm -hmm. it's on pace to net about $17,000 per car, Porsche does. Wow, amazing numbers there. <laughs> oh, boy, I guess that's incredible. Gina, thank you so much. Gina Cervetti with our daily Bloomberg Business Report. Have a wonderful day. We'll look forward to tomorrow's report. All right. Thanks, bud. You too. Take a look at the national debt. Trump on it. Then versus now. Quite a difference. And White House security really has me worried. How about you? It's coming up along with an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFL. Next segment, I'll be taking your calls and your text messages. 407 916 5400. Text 23680. On these two topics that are on my mind and heart this morning, um, we don't talk nearly enough about the national debt now hugging $20 trillion. We've hit the debt ceiling again. During the Obama administration, we conservatives were screaming for an end to the insanity and massive spending cuts so we didn't keep on raising the debt limit. Let's pay it down and get our fiscal house in order before... Before this situation with the debt destroys us. And now, as the economy is coming to life under the Obama administration, interest rates are going up. That's great for people, you know, trying to get some interest back on their savings accounts, etc. But for those who are in debt, and nobody's in more debt than we are as a country, the United States, that, that the debt service is just going to kill us on this as the interest rates go up. And uh, during the um, the presidential campaign... And all the way back to 2011, I can find all kinds of releases and tweets and articles on Donald Trump being opposed to raising the debt limit. I mean, they're all over the place. And even last year during the campaign, the president said the debt limit must be used as a weapon to force spending cuts, saying he would be a very strong president on the debt limit and insist on a very big pound of flesh before agreeing to any increase. Now... He has green-lighted his Treasury Secretary, Stephen Mnuchin, who has requested Congress to raise the federal debt limit. We hit the debt ceiling at the end of last week, by the way, nearly $20 trillion now, at the first opportunity. And Mnuchin, who is obviously doing what the president wants him to do, does not propose offsetting the debt limit increase with any spending cuts or tax increases. And so, I'm sorry to say, the insanity continues. This is a huge danger to this country, but nobody seems to see it and feel it. And under the Trump administration, at least for now, business as usual, and digging the hole deeper and wider in terms of the national debt. And then there's White House security. One after another, we're seeing these incidents. And while I don't believe they are tied to one another, I think the message is clear. If you're a terrorist or a Trump hater, you know, whether it's radical Islam or just the radical left here in this country, I think the word is out. Storm the White House. You can get him. I mean, I'm really worried about this. I feel like I'm watching the first 20 minutes of a disaster movie that results in, you know, in, 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 in blowing up the White House and the president inside it.
This is incredible what's going on. Now, the U.S. Secret Service has, says they're bolstering security at the White House. This after a man was arrested for making threats at one of the checkpoints. Happened over the weekend. Guy said he had a bomb, didn't have a bomb, but he was immediately arrested. Is he testing out White House security? Just hours earlier, a person arrested after jumping over a bike rack in an apparent bid to reach the fence outside the White House. Didn't have any weapons. They got him. They've charged him. And then you'll remember um, about 10 days ago, a man scaled three barriers outside the White House, a perimeter fence, walked around the grounds for more than 15 minutes before being arrested. Trump was inside the building. He had a couple of backpack, a backpack full of mace or whatever else. But what if he had had C4 explosives? What if 30 to 40 commandos, you know, ISIS types, Al-Qaeda types, or radical leftist types who hate this president and believe the end justifies the means in killing him, were to storm over the White House fence and into the White House. Could the Secret Service stop them? There's nothing going on right now that suggests that they could. And they say that they have bolstered security. Why isn't security 1,000% maxed out at the White House, for God's sake? Are you as worried as I am about that? And are you as worried as I am that under this new administration doing such wonderful things... The absolute menace that is the $20 trillion national debt, at least for now, being totally ignored. I want to know what you think about my dual rant here in this section of the show. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. And if I get crickets on the phone in the text line, I guess I'll know I'm the Lone Ranger and nobody cares. All right, the smartest audience in talk radio is waking up. Let's go to Leon in Orlando. Good morning to you, Leon. Hey, how's it going? How are you, I sir? I'm fine. Say, yeah, I just wanted to say that we're in a catch-22 right now with, with all these years of bad spending. Um, there's so many cuts that, like, with HUD and different things um, that Trump has done, you know, with the proposed budget, and he wants to uh, build up the military and then build the wall. We are in a catch-22 to get things properly realigned and then start working on trimming everything down. So I kind of understand what he's doing here. Yeah, I, and I haven't given up on him at all, but I'm saying there, there's no early indication here that uh, that he sees this the way he did. Maybe at some point along the way, once we get things rolling um, and, you know, and accelerated growth can be a part of dealing with a national debt as well. And we got to get tax reform, et cetera, to get that done. Point well taken, Leon. Really, I, I'm not giving up on the president in this regard, but the contrast between Trump the campaigner and Trump the president on this is very, very stark. Yaffe? I think the national debt should be the number one issue. I think it's the biggest threat to the future of this country. I really believe that. And um, People I, don't feel any immediate pain from it, right. and that's why you can't get any well, exactly. traction on it politically. And then the reality is, ultimately... There's going to have to be sacrifice across the country. Every American owes, mm-hmm. I think, on an average $60,000 uh, worth of the debt, okay? I mean, it's unbelievable how this mortgages the future of this country. No question about it. Um, but um, uh, well, I always hear the, feel it. Yeah, I always hear the Democrats talk about the children. We need to take care of the children. Well, the children are going to have to pay for this. Here's Paul weighing in with us from Orlando. Good Monday morning, Paul. Good morning. How are you, bud? I... I... I'm with you 100%, and Mr. Yaffe, I agree. It is a probably one of the top three issues on my chart. However, as the last caller said, we're in a catch-22. Yep. And I think as you see money being repatriated into the country, the GDP get, 
going, uh, you're going to start paying that debt down. And I think that's where he's going. As far as the White House goes, there's no excuse for this. The top-notch security should be in place there. You know what? And and there's there's another story, and I don't think it's tied in, but but it's frightening. Uh, Last week, a laptop was stolen from a Secret Service agent in New York City, and it's still missing amid reports that it contained the floor plans for Trump Tower, for crying out loud. That's ridiculous. This should not be uh, ever in this country or any country, for all that matters. The Secret Service I've always held in the highest regard, and there are some of our very finest there who would clearly take a bullet for any president of the United States, political party aside. But but there's something wrong with the Secret Service, and it's absolutely frightening to me how exposed we are and our president is. You know, it really, I mean, it just... What is the message that all of this incompetence sends and all of these incidents? The message is, come get them. Yeah, and we've been lucky so far. It's just been, you know, one crazy guy hopping the fence or something. But as many people pointed out, including yourself, what if it was an organized effort? All of a sudden it's going to work? I don't know. I don't think so. Spilling out of a van along yeah. along the front of the White House, hopping over that fence, no problem. Yeah, all- 30 or 40 <laughs> heavily armed commandos with C4 exactly. explosives ready to give their lives for this. All of a sudden, oh Secret God. Service is going to be on top of it when it's that. I don't want to wait until that point to test them. Neither do I, Yaffe. Neither do I. Lots going on today. Deb's going to catch us up to date with all that will be happening surrounding the Trump administration. It will be a very, very big day and a fodder for a lot of conversation on tomorrow's show. I can promise you that. But there's a lot more going on as well. Uh, Deb will be focusing, among other things, here in just a moment on the congressional inquiry into Russian election interference beginning today. And Vice President Mike Pence uh, rallying for health care. He'll be here in Florida and we'll find out all about that in a moment. My co-host and partner, Deborah Roberts, updating us on all of the news here in Good Morning Orlando, the Monday edition from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. And from all of us on the 50,000-watt front porch, Good Morning Orlando at 658. Good Morning Orlando, top of the morning to you on the very first morning of spring that began about a half an hour ago. Here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour, our latest check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic now, right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts, and our top stories this morning a congressional inquiry into Russian election interference begins, and VP Mike Pence rallies for health care in Florida. We'll have the details in one minute. A courageous Republican Central Florida. Florida congressman faces down the organized protesters from the left. What a town hall it was. Next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Monday morning at 7.02 on News Radio 1025. FBI Director James Comey and NSA Director Michael Rogers will appear before the House Intelligence Committee today to talk about Russia and wiretapping. Lawmakers are looking into Russian interference in the U.S. presidential election and President Trump's allegations that the Obama administration wiretapped Trump Tower during the presidential campaign. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Vice President Mike Pence spent the weekend here in Florida pitching the Obamacare replacement. Pence visited Jacksonville and Palm Beach on Saturday and Coral Springs in Broward County on Sunday. Skyrocketing premiums unaffordable deductibles, mandates, higher taxes. The truth is the American people can't afford Obamacare, and it's time we no longer ask them to put up with it. 
Pence also met with President Trump, who is spending the weekend at his resort in Palm Beach, as well as Governor Rick Scott. Meanwhile, older Americans who have yet, not yet reached Medicare age are among the groups hardest hit by the Republican plan to replace the Affordable Care Act. An analysis by the Associated Press shows that many of those who buy their own health insurance stand to pay thousands of dollars more. That's especially true for the nearly 3.4 million older Americans who have enrolled through the government marketplaces, many of whom receive generous federal subsidies through the health care law enacted under former President Obama. The Republican plan replaces those subsidies with a flat tax credit that doesn't take into account income or local insurance prices. However, the plan is still evolving, and many GOP lawmakers have said they want to see some changes that reduce the impact on older consumers. And Ryan Care is supposed to go to a House vote this Thursday, but they are, as you indicated, still revising it as the whole thing evolves to uh, to, to make it work better and be more politically saleable um, among all Republicans and hopefully some Democrats as well, Dave. And a story I know you're getting ready to talk about is the fact that uh, Congressman Vern Buchanan was greeted with a huge turnout and chants and boos and cheers during a town hall meeting. Critics of President Trump and the GOP agenda in Congress packed the Van Wetzel Performing Arts Hall and peppered Buchanan for more than an hour with sharp questions Saturday. Nearly 1,800 people attended the event. The event mirrored town halls held by GOP lawmakers across the country, which have drawn large, boisterous crowds of people unhappy with the direction of the federal government. Most of the questions focused on Trump and the GOP effort to replace the Affordable Care Act, but the audience also brought up issues ranging from gun control to climate change and means-testing Social Security. Yeah, this was over in Sarasota, and we'll hear some of it in a moment. But what's interesting is there's organized left-wing protesters who've been shutting down these Republican town halls just, you know, by just shouting down whoever the, the, the representative happens to be. Buchanan just faced it, and he went right into the teeth of it, and he handled it beautifully, where, you know, some like Marco Rubio have decided, I'm not falling into that trap, and canceled town halls. Uh, So is the Rubio approach or the Buchanan approach the right approach? We'll debate it next. And finally, former San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Dwight Clark says he's battling ALS. Mm. The 60-year-old was diagnosed with a degenerative nerve disease after feeling weakness in his left hand back in September 2015. Clark suspects his case was caused by football, but he says he doesn't know that for sure. Since being diagnosed, the disease has left him with weakness in both hands, his lower back and right leg. He says he can no longer run, play golf, or walk any significant distance. Though there is no cure for ALS, which is also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, Clark vows he'll fight like hell and live every day to the fullest, end quote. A quote, Clark played for the 49ers from 1979 to 1987, of course, best known for catching the game-winning touchdown pass in the 1981 NFC Championship game in a play that became immortalized simply as the catch. Absolutely true. He was a giant on the receiving end of those Joe Montana passes. I know he'll fight it as hard as he can. Um, but what a sad story. ALS, you know, they such don't have cruel, the cure. No, and it's such a cruel disease, especially oh goodness, for man. someone who's, you know, used to having peak physical condition. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You God know? bless um, Dwight Clark. We'll, uh, we'll wish him the very best. Yes, we will. And in the meantime, while he's fighting the disease, let's hope our researchers can get a little bit better handle on it. It's you know? still a mystery, isn't it? It really is. WFLA News Time 707. Read about a woman given only weeks to live nine years ago. 
at 1025wfla.com. Love it when they get that wrong. Yeah. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Rubio ducks some town halls saying I'm not going to be subjected to this by these organized left-wing protesters. So he would not do town halls earlier this year. Remember, we talked about whether that was the right approach or the wrong approach. Well, now the exact opposite approach has been taken, as Deb explained a moment ago, by Sarasota-area Republican Congressman Vern Buchanan. The organized lefty protesters showed up to try to shut him down And it didn't work. Now, I got to tell you, I have renewed admiration for Congressman Buchanan. And I'm beginning to think this is the way you go after the organized lefties. You don't bail on the town halls because they win. You take them on. And Buchanan most certainly did. We're going to talk about it here in a moment. 407-916-5400. What's the best approach to this? Organized left-wing shut-em-down approach to Republican lawmakers holding town halls before their constituents. The Rubio approach, bail on it. The Buchanan approach, go right after them. 407-916-5400. Yaffe at the controls. It's Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll dive in on the debate. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. In fact, in only two minutes. So stick right where you are, if you will, here on News Radio 1025 WFL. All right, let's listen to a little bit of this and then talk about whether or not the Vern Buchanan or the Marco Rubio approach to dealing with organized left wing protesters trying to shut down town halls is the right approach. Be ready to go on the phones and the text line 407 916. 5400 because I want some input from the smartest audience in talk radio. Text line 23680. Uh, when I go to the phones, uh, Matt and Oviedo, you'll be first. Sarasota area Republican Congressman Vern Buchanan held a town hall Saturday morning. It's, are you ready? His 75th town hall since being first elected a decade ago couple of thousand packed the venue. They even had to move it to a larger place to accommodate the expected crowds. Included a huge number of organized leftists from this indivisible group and others who have been doing this all around the country, exercising their well-rehearsed agenda aimed at creating chaos, interrupting Buchanan no matter what he said, using pre-planned anti-Trump chance comments and questions to try and rattle Buchanan. Guess what? It didn't work. He plowed right through it, took the heat for well over an hour, never wavered despite the organized protests aimed at shouting him down every time he said anything positive about President Trump and his agenda. Here's a brief sample of what it was like. I want to see results. I want to see if he's going to make a difference on health care. He's going to make a difference on jobs. I've watched the videos. This just went on and on and on. There were many, many people there who legitimately had questions for their congressman, whether they supported him or supported the president or not. Um, But then you had the organized leftists, and they were circulating 
um, on social media, all kinds of questions that they were supposed to ask, all kinds of things they were supposed to say, and you could see it unfold right there inside the hall. But I admire Republican Congressman Vern Buchanan out of Sarasota. His 75th town hall. This guy will take the heat. He didn't wimp out and refuse to do the town halls like Rubio did in South Florida back in February, saying I'm not falling in to the left's trap. I'm not going to be be subjected to that and have him use sound bites to beat me over the head and make me look bad. And I think Buchanan's approach is the right approach. I really do. I, I think the people we elect, they ought to be willing to get in there and take the heat. And I think the best way to shut down the organized left is not to avoid them and cower. I think the way to do it is to go right at them and stick it in their face. And I thought Vern Buchanan was courageous, and I got to tell you, he handled it. That was terrific. So which approach is right? Just get out of the way and don't give the leftists what they want? A confrontation at a town hall that might make a lawmaker look bad? Oh, go right in there, into the lion's den, and slay the lion. The Buchanan approach gets my vote, 407-916-5400. What say you? So we shared a little bit of what was just an absolute wild and raucous scene at the Vern Buchanan Town Hall over in the big venue in Sarasota. Organized leftist protesters were there. You know, Rubio ran away from them and wouldn't hold his town halls in South Florida. So I'm not falling into their trap as they're organized and they got a whole, the whole game plan is to try to shut things down and create chaos. Vern Buchanan, who's done, well, this is his 75th town hall in the last 10 years since he's been in Congress. He waded right into it, and at one point, a woman got up and asked a question and said, boy, I got to tell you, the town hall must be as scary for you as it is for me, to which Congressman Buchanan replied, I'm enjoying it. And he had other comments as well after all of this. I mean, he, he viewed the event as a healthy part of the political process, saying, I thought it was good, it was passionate, I think it's democracy in action. And so it was. Yaffe. I think this is what you do. You don't run from the left. You go right after these bullies and, and these people who are who are trying to disrupt uh, the town, Hill pro, uh, town hall process. And he handled it. Yeah, he handled it pretty well. I will say this, though. This, you know, this was a little different than some of the earlier town halls because the earlier town halls, they were very organized and pretty much all leftists constantly shouting him down. I could tell this one was a little split. People on both sides, which I think makes it a little easier to do that so you think i'm being too tough on rubio then a little bit i don't blame rubio i mean to do these things and just have them it's disruption that's what they want to do disruption it's it takes away the whole point of having a town hall but i think i like this guy's approach too all right it's the rubio approach the buchanan approach uh when it comes to dealing with the lefties trying to shut down the town halls here's matt in oviedo hi matt hey bud how are you sir great how are you buddy I'm wonderful. It's the tolerant left being stronger together only when you agree with their agenda. And exactly what the, the congressman did is exactly the right approach. It's the old schoolyard bully routine. The schoolyard bully is going to go out and bully everybody and bully everybody until somebody finally stands up to him and takes him on. 
Yeah. That's exactly what the congressman did. I, I applaud him for it. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. Paul, I wonder how you see it as you join us from Claremont. Good morning, Paul. Hey, good morning, bud. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit confused by this and need your input. Uh, this is a congressman, okay, from a district. So these organizers that uh, paid or whatever, they from out of state, uh, um, you know, these, these people should be vetted more. I mean, if you come to this, you show your voting card. I mean, they know people. These uh, people ought to know his district, uh, where these people are coming from. I, I, I think a little bit more vetting, as Trump has talked about extreme vetting. I think maybe a little bit more vetting, and I can understand Rubio being a senator, so the whole state scenario. But. Where are these people in state? Or, you know, where are these people all coming from? Well, I think it was a mix. It would be a little bit tough to sort it all out. You had local Democrats who were all a part of this, you know, come here and then shout them down, et cetera, et cetera. And then you had the organized uh, protesters believed to have come from far and wide, bust in the individual, the indivisible group, et cetera. Um, I don't know. What do you have to do? Show your voting card to show you're from the district before you can get into the town hall? That That's what right, you're talking right. about, that's right? What, that's what I mean. I, I, that's yeah. what I think. I think some betting, you know, and, and, and cutting out some of this nonsense chaos. To me, yeah. some of this is just getting way too yeah. out of hand. Well, maybe it'll come to that. I don't know. Um, interesting comment on that. Use kind of like Trump extreme vetting as an approach. But I got to tell you, one more time, I really salute the courage of Congressman Vern Buchanan. It's really hard to keep your composure in those situations. It is. So you got to salute him for that for sure. And and not everybody can do it. Now, here's a guy who's well-schooled in doing this because he has faced his constituents. This was his 75th town hall. You got some members of Congress who would be terrible in a situation like that. You know, so maybe not everybody can do what Vern Buchanan was willing to do, you know? I mean, what happens, you know, with all due respect, he's a nice man. He's no longer congressman. How would John Micah handle that with his his demeanor and his his low-key, slow-plotting way of of talking? I mean, what would happen in a scenario like that to somebody with with, with communication skills um, like John Micah, for example, which I I think he would even admit probably not his his strong suit? You know, so you know. The more I think about that, though, I think Rubio probably could handle it if he really wanted to. I mean, terrific communication skills. Yeah. You know, and 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 I know that the the maybe maybe what he might have faced would have been worse. But let's give credit where credit's due for a guy who stood oh, yeah. right in the teeth of it and handled it, and it was magnificent to see, in my opinion. Thank you and congratulations, Congressman Vern Buchanan out of Sarasota. Yeah, there's going to be high drama on Capitol Hill, and that's our big story this morning. Yes, it is. We've got a lot going on on Capitol Hill, including FBI Director James Comey expected to testify today at a House Intelligence Committee hearing into alleged Russian interference in the U.S. presidential election. Lawmakers will question Comey about an unsubstantiated claim by President Trump that the Obama administration ordered wiretapping at Trump Tower last year. National Security Agency Director Mike Rogers is also scheduled to go before the panel today. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Sicilian archbishop, bud, is banning mafiosos from taking on the title of godfather at baptism ceremonies. What is that? I don't understand. Why would he not allow this? You know, Michelle Panisi, <laughs> very good gangster voice, says he wants to take the term back from gangsters. 
He says that taking on the role gives the mobsters a, quote, air of religious respectability, end quote, when the two uh. worlds are completely incompatible. Panisi says that if a mobster wants to come and repent for what they've done, he's willing to discuss a path to redemption. Oh, no more Godfather. This no is more not Godfather. Good. I'm telling you. I'm There's not... a lot of Sicilian families who don't know what they're going to do now because <laughs> they can't find a Godfather. Yeah, but he made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's not too early on a Monday for Mike. <laughs> you know, this guy Yaffe out there, this is somebody you got to really watch, you know? <laughs> what a story. That's very interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. Back stateside, Monopoly is saying goodbye to three classic game pieces. Oh, come on now. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm trying to think of what they're getting rid of. I bet it's the shoe. That's one of them. Yeah. Hasbro held an online voting contest in January to determine which tokens were in and which were out. The company announced Friday that the boot got the boot. It was a shoe, as I recall. But anyway, go ahead. I'm the sorry. I'm interrupting you. No, that's all right. The boot, the wheelbarrow, and the thimble pieces will all be replaced with more culturally relevant items. Hmm. I sound confused because I am. That more than 4 million voters determined a T-Rex, a rubber duck, and a penguin were more culturally relevant <laughs> items. Joining Scotty the dog, a hat, a car, a cat, and a battleship. What is a T-Rex, a rubber duck, and a penguin? I just, how are they more culturally relevant? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't either. T-Rexes are big right now. They really are. Culture. It's the little oh, yeah. arms. It's well, the little and no, arms. It's a Jurassic Park thing and all of that. And kids love dinosaurs. They're trying to get no, the kids no, into it's, it. No, it's, there's a whole pop culture phenomenon around T-Rexes and making fun of his little arms. And uh, in fact, it's big. It's big. People like to wear the costume. Like there was a couple who, when they were first yeah. introduced as man and wife at their reception, did it in the T T-Rex costume. Okay. And then, then what? What, are, what is the other it's one? A still, penguin. A penguin. And penguins a are all duck. cute. Everybody loves penguins. They had movies about penguins. A rubber duck. I like them. I like the pieces. Yeah, they're see, not bad. See. They're not bad. I mean, I, who liked the thimble anyway? Most people don't even right. have no idea what a thimble is. Exactly. Exactly. The thimble and boot have been a part of Monopoly since 1935. The wheelbarrow was first introduced in the 1950s, but they'll be discontinued starting this fall. I'll be doggone. It's really long. smart marketing by them, I think, actually. Oh, absolutely. It's right up there with, you know, doing different Monopoly games for your city as long as they don't change any addresses, it's still got to be all Atlantic City, Park Place, Boardwalk, and the rest of them. You that's, know, come on. That's the line. That's the line we're drawing. You got to have that's it. That's the I'm line drawing, in the sand. Yeah, I'm drawing a line in the Atlantic City sand. There you go. <laughs> and finally, you've heard of the old woman who lived in a shoe? Yes. A little bit of an homage to the uh, boot that just got the boot in the Monopoly game. Well, how about the Texan who built a giant house shaped like a boot? Really? Yes, everything in Texas is big. This boot house in Huntsville. No question. 35 feet tall. Includes two bedrooms, granite flooring, a spiral staircase that leads to a top deck on top of the boot. Dan Phillips says he's always been fascinated with creating houses that look like homes and storybooks. The house is available for rent for $1,200 a month, which is not bad. You'd pay that to live in a fairly decent one-bedroom here in Orlando. Yeah, just the heel of the boot, you'd pay that, right? <laughs> Phillips uh, plans to add a house shaped like a cowboy hat next door. Very cool. Good stuff, Deb. Thank you, bud. All right. The Deb Meister with news and top of the bottom of the hour and whenever it breaks here. And good morning, Orlando, from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Just visit laurahasthebuyers.com. 
All right, ready to go with the Daily Sound Judgment game. And Yaffe, what are we playing for this morning? Yes, bud. You can win a four-pack of advanced screening passes to see life, starring Ryan Reynolds, Rebecca Ferguson, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Before it hits theaters this Friday, March 24th, the screening is on Wednesday at the AMC Altamont Theaters. So you will probably want to pick up the pass either tomorrow or Wednesday earlier in the day. You know, got to be able to do that, okay? And uh, this is a great sci-fi flick that everybody's talking about, okay? And you're going on us before anybody else gets to see life. So, are we ready? Here we go. Chuck Berry, one of the founding fathers of rock and roll, died over the weekend at the age of ninety. Well, it turns out one of Chuck Berry's hit songs will outlive him, perhaps by millions or billions of years. More on that amazing story in a moment, but first. I want you to listen to a portion of that Chuck Berry hit and then use your sound judgment to name this song. Let's find out what the name of that song by Chuck Berry is. Line two, I'm giving you the first shot at the prize. Johnny, be good. Is that it, Yaffe? I believe so. Absolutely right, and congratulations. You like Chuck Berry? Oh, I love rock and roll, bud. Man, me too, and that one really defines it. It really, truly does. Where are you calling in from this morning? New Smyrna. Aha. Uh-huh. What's your first name? Matt. Matt, okay. We're going to send you a little note here, and uh, we'll make arrangements on the passes. Do not go away. I'm going to have you talk to Yaffe here in just a second, okay? But thank you very much, Matt. I want to share this amazing story. Yes, it is true that Chuck Berry's iconic rock and roll hit, Johnny Be Good, will outlive him, perhaps by millions or billions of years. Back in the late 1970s and launched from the Cape, we had Voyager 1 and 2, and they had a very special time capsule on board in the form of what was called the Golden Record. And uh, choices were made by astronomer Carl Sagan, remember him from the Cosmos shows? It was exactly what should be in and on that record for alien life perhaps to discover somewhere in the vast universe a long time from now. And they had a musical section. And there's like a 100 or so musical pieces that are on there. There's lots of classics like uh, Bach and Beethoven and uh, Mozart. But there's only one rock and roll song. Carl Sagan chose Johnny, Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry and wrote him a letter and said, you know what, a lot of folks who say that their music will live forever are exaggerating. Uh, In your case, it will be true. This will endure for billions of years. And Chuck Berry, on the occasion then of his 60th birthday back in 1977, I believe it was, 50th or 60th birthday, um, was really, really humbled and grateful. So he is um, headed already out of the the universe here, as we know it, the solar system into deep space. And uh, it's the only rock and roll song 
that is there for alien life forms to get a handle on what Earth was all about. And Yaffe, if you're looking for something that just flat out sounds like rock and roll, it's hard to beat Johnny B. Good. Oh, yeah. I love that song. Yeah, it's just fantastic. It was great in Back to the Future. Remember the Michael J. Fox? That's what I always think of, too, when I think of that song. Yeah, yeah, it, and it was it was absolutely terrific. You know, and in 1955, everybody stopped and said, what in the world is he doing up there? <laughs> he says, well, it's a little too much for you, but your kids will love it. Yeah. Right? Remember that line? Terrific stuff. great, great, great. Anyway, so there, there's our Chuck Berry story, and that's sound judgment for today. The Rush Morning Update coming up uh, here in just a moment. No one sees the issues more clearly than Rush. There's no question about that. My favorite hour of the show is coming right up. It is Open Mind Monday. Be ready to sound off on whatever's grinding your gears, local, national, whether we've talked it about or whether we have not talked about it here. I want your take on it. For the duration of your call, and it's really unique, I think, you take over the program because I will keep an open mind to whatever you have to say, whether I agree with a word of it or not. 407-916-5400. I want to welcome the regulars, of course, who always have something on their minds. But I want to welcome first-timers, too, because I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to listen to you. And you wouldn't be listening to this program unless you cared about what's going on in the world. You're part of it or all of it. So I um, always want to welcome the the first-timers to Open Mind Monday. Great way to get your feet wet in uh, opinion-driven talk radio, all right, without getting your head bit off by the Budman. 407-916-5400. It's Open Mind Monday. Get in early. I don't make early. the same promise. What's so that, Yaffe? You could get your head off, bit off by Yaffe. You, you could. Saying. You could. You could, particularly when he does his evening show on WFLA. Uh, more on that will be coming up later on this week, but not tonight, yeah. right? I was just talking about this morning. I don't, you I don't really know. could? You could just jump right in and yeah. just chomp down on him? Well, okay, there you are. Forewarned. 407-916-5400 is the phone number if you want to uh, be on Open Mind Monday. Get in early before the lines jam, and our text line is 23680. Never a busy signal there. All right. Um, Deborah Roberts checking in, first of all, with our top-of-the-hour news update here. My co-host and partner on Good Morning Orlando. As we come to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Of course, we're on WFLA, AM and FM, and iHeartRadio Station. News headlines with Deb at the top of the hour. A congressional inquiry into a Russian election interference to begin today. And a spring clean your medicine cabinet. We'll find out what that's all about as the Deb Meister slides in alongside the Bud Man on the 50,000-watt front porch. And from all of us here on a beautiful Monday morning, good morning, Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Monday at 8 o'clock. You're just in time for our latest update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a congressional inquiry into Russian election interference begins. And spring clean your medicine cabinet. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And what's on your mind? We want to know. It's Open Mind Monday. Give us a call at 407 916 5400. Text us at 23680. You're next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Monday morning. It's 802 on News Radio 1025. There are a pair of high profile hearings on Capitol Hill today. FBI Director James Comey headlines at the House Intelligence Committee, which is looking into alleged Russian meddling into the election. On the Senate side, the Judiciary Committee holds a Supreme Court confirmation hearing for Judge Neil Gorsuch 13 months after Antonin Scalia's death created a vacancy. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
In local news, four people are dead and several others seriously injured after a multi-car pileup in Lake County. The FHP was among the responding agencies to the seven-vehicle accident yesterday on Florida's Turnpike. Uh, happened at mile marker 290 near Howie in the Hills. Authorities say one person died at the crash scene. At least 11 others were taken to the hospital where three others were pronounced dead. The cause of the crash is under investigation. The winter blues are coming to an end as today marks the official start to spring. During today's vernal equinox, which took place at 629 a.m., the sun's direct rays pass from the southern to the northern hemisphere over the Earth's equator. This means an equal amount of daylight and darkness due to the sun's position above the equator. This phenomenon occurs twice a year in March and September and signals the changing of the seasons. And speaking of spring, a pharmacist thinks a good place to start when it comes to spring cleaning is your medicine cabinet. Angela Gilarakis with the Cleveland Clinic says it's important to take an inventory of your medications first. Then she says to make sure you disguise any medicine you put in the garbage. Throw the tablets or capsules in there and then put something in there like kitty litter, yard waste, food scraps, something that would make it filthy or putrid so someone wouldn't want to dig through to obtain that to then ingest the medication that's remaining. It's important to check the expiration that's on the label or bottle and toss it out if it's expired. She also recommends opening the bottles, looking at the medicine and smelling it. She says to throw away any tablets that look chalky or are broken. And if a liquid medicine has thickened or smells funny, it should also go in the trash. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Clinic is being named one of the most ethical companies on the planet. For the seventh time in nine years, the Cleveland Clinic has received the award from the Ethisphere Clinic, an institute specializing in promoting positive business practices. The award is in its 11th year, and the Cleveland Clinic got its first ranking in 2009. Scores are generated in a number of key categories, such as ethics, corporate responsibility, governance, leadership, innovation, and reputation. An Ethisphere spokesman said the Cleveland Clinic's focus on sustainability and its community impact landed it on the world's most ethical companies list this time. And finally, Sesame Street's newest character is designed to explain autism to young children. The children's show plans to debut Juliet next month. Juliet is a Muppet with orange hair, green eyes, and a toy rabbit that suffers from autism. In her first appearance on Sesame Street, the show plans to focus on some of the common characteristics associated with the disorder. Uh, parents of young kids probably recognize Julia. She's been in Sesame Street's books for over a year, but this will be her first time debuting on TV. And it's interesting. I guess one of the challenges I'm reading is that autism can be so different from one child oh. to the next, but to capture the essence of it in one character. Yeah, that's the difficulty because you have, you know, uh, some with autism on the spectrum like Asperger's syndrome, which right. appears that they're quote unquote normal. They're just socially awkward mm -hmm. all the way to the other end of the spectrum where right. my nephews are yeah. who are not high functioning at all. And it's yeah. a very confusing disorder. And it's great that they're that they're starting this off with little kids. I think. And so in particular, because there's just been such an increase in the number yeah. of kids diagnosed with autism, you know, it, it's not sadly not a rare event. And so you can understand why there would be um, a move to portray this in the uh, in the in the cast of uh, of of uh, Sesame Street. I have no doubt they'll do well with it. I do too. And a great I, service will be provided. I think. And it is a great service, and we are seeing these increased diagnosis numbers leading to all kinds of you know Sesame Street adding a new character, law enforcement departments across the country you know being asked to you know 
understand that approaching someone with autism is different. You bet. Yeah. Important. Very important. WFLA News Time 806. Read about Border Patrol stopping a driver coming from Mexico and finding four Chinese nationals in a trunk. No, it's not a joke. It really did happen. You can read it at 1025wfla.com. What are you shaking your head for? You think we don't need a wall? By God, we need a wall. Give me a break. All right. So where do we find out about that? 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Here from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. You know, that was one of the hottest topics earlier in the show. I've got the specs for the Trump wall that he wants built. If you want to bid on the wall, he wants something 30 feet high. Solid concrete or see-through, but in either case, it would have to take an hour for you to get through it with a pickaxe and acetylene torch or whatever else, okay? Openings for legitimate traffic across the border, legal immigration, etc., uh, we can talk about the Trump wall proposal, which I support. There's a lot else going on, and we've talked about a great deal of it, local and national, but I'm just chumming the waters a little bit on the wall issue here. I want you to tell us what's on your mind this morning. If you were hosting the show, what you'd be talking about and what your take on it would be. That's what it is. Open Mind Monday, an opportunity for you to take over the 50,000-watt front porch with your call at 407-916-5400. Or the text line 23680. Deb's heading back into the newsroom right now. We are on uh, video for the next half hour on Facebook. You can uh, like us on Facebook at WFLA Orlando and catch the act uh, that you normally can only hear. And Yaffe's in the control room, out of camera range, but not out of earshot. And we are ready to go with Open Mind Monday. Get in early, 407 916 5400. Text line 23680. Open Mind Monday begins, and uh, that'll be right after a quick update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you, which we will have in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Hot topic earlier I had the specs for the uh, proposed Trump wall. If you want to bid on the wall, the president's demanding it be 30 feet high across our southern border. Can be solid concrete or see through, but in either case, if you propose a certain design it must take at least an hour to cut through it even with an acetylene torch and it needs to be sunk at least six feet below the surface uh, to discourage if not eliminate the prospect of tunneling under the border Um, and and we talked earlier about it and it's interesting because uh, I, I find it hard to see why anybody would have a problem with the wall I mean, even if it's $20 billion, the government spends $10 billion a day for crying out loud. It's two days' worth. And what do we get is the return on investment here. We stop the flow of illegals into this country with the crime they bring, the draining of our social services, how they take jobs that Americans should have, how we eliminate terrorists coming across the southern border, and how we stop the drug smuggling. There's something for everybody in the Trump wall. Is there anybody in Open Mind Monday who can make a credible case for why in the world we should not have a wall? 407-916-5400. Good topic for Open Mind Monday, but you may have something else on your mind. Call me at 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680. Let's get into it now. Here's John, our first caller on Open Mind Monday. John, good morning from Orlando. 
Good morning, bud. First time caller, and thank me. Thank you for having me on here. Awfully good of you to pick up the phone and call the bud man. Good morning to you, and what's on your mind, John? Well, bud, and you know, I'm just. I want to say a little bit more of average of your American here, and uh, uh, not to toot my horn, just I work hard, and and now Mexican, and you know, how do I get? How do you do uh, politics for dummies? You know, uh, I think that's our problem. How do we get these guys, like there's books, a lot of books for dummies, right? This for dummies, that for dummies. Right. I think we got to do that a little bit more for these dummies. I work with these Mexicans hand in hand, you know, and um, a lot of them are my friends. And they're upset I voted for Trump. But, you know, when I ask them, okay, why do you hate Trump? Immigration, the wall. Okay, what else do you have that you hate Trump? They can't say nothing. Now, when they ask me, he says, well, you're an American. Why did you vote for him? Well, first of all, that's not on my top priority, I told him. Second of all, what does the deficit mean to you? What does the word deficit, if you even know how to write it, mean to you? You know, that's my priority. You know, my tax money. Uh, you know, that's the problem. You don't look at that because that's not your priority. That's not what you're living through. And let's face it, you are an elite, correct? Oh, yes. Okay, then. You, you, they can admit they've done wrong. Pity doesn't work. And, 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 and that's what I try to do. I want to hang up. Thank you uh, for letting well, me. Well, wait a minute. Before you comments. go, John, before you go, great job on this. Why, I mean, why do you think that so many Latinos profess to hate Donald Trump? Is it all the wall? I mean, he's not talking exactly. about eliminating legal immigration, just illegals. I mean, how can they favor I, I, people breaking into this country they call home? But I've, call, I've, I've lost friends. I've lost customers. Yeah. I've lost explaining to them. that, And the reality is they have nothing to say but just that. They are in a situation where they have to break the law because of their personal situation. They will set aside the fact that they broke the law because of their needs. And that's not right. It's the same liberal thinking that we got going on. So how do we make them understand? They're not ignorant. Well, some of them are. They're not dummies. Some of them are. So their agenda, uh, uh, even recognizing but that they are breaking the law, and I go, again, one-on-one dummies, if you rob a bank, and you get prosecuted. You go to jail, right? Of course. In your state, in your law, in my law, too. Well, you're breaking the law because you're here illegally. You need to be processed. So they admit to that. But that's not their agenda. That's why they don't like Trump. That's why they don't want the wall, because they need that illegalism. I'm making this up to, right. to make them better. You know what I mean? But Yeah, I think I do know what I mean. And it's probably the best first-time caller I can ever remember having on this show. There's a lots there you may want to react to. Thank you, John. 407-916-5400. I got a couple of callers on here who don't think we need a wall. Can't wait to hear that. Comment on um, State Attorney uh, Amaris Ayala. Huge story there. Won't prosecute Markeith Lloyd for death penalty, which is totally, the death penalty is all about a guy like him, or pursue death penalties against anybody else. Um, Ben's got something to say on that. What's on your mind here this morning? I've thrown open the 50,000-watt front porch until 9 o'clock for your take on any topic, and I'll keep an open mind at 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Um, let's go on Open Mind Monday. Up next on Open Mind Monday from St. Cloud, uh, John, you're on the line. Yaffe put up on the screen, we don't need a wall. What's the case against the wall, uh, John? Well, bud, um, I think if we dry up the jobs, much like other countries don't have walls, if you can't get a job here, it's going to cost you a lot to live here. They're going to go home by themselves. Plus, we have such good surveillance these days. Technology is changing so quickly. 
that if we actually wanted to patrol that area, we could do so probably far cheaper than uh, that. But if you, if much like Sheriff Opio that was in uh, what Arizona, yep, the illegals are scared to death of him because they knew that he would send them home if he caught them. That's all you have to do in the country is let them know they're no longer welcome. 80, 90% are going to go elsewhere. All right. Thank you, John, very much. It is Open Mind Monday, and uh, I keep it an open mind. I don't see it your way. Bertha's in the land against the wall. What's your problem with a wall, uh, Bertha? Good morning. Hi there. I'm so glad to know that we, the people, are part of Mexico because we're going to pay for the wall. And if we were serious about not having them take our jobs, we would pass a law that every employer has to have an e-verifier. We have never done that, and we've been talking about it for years. We don't need to pay for a war. Let me ask you a question here. What about stopping the drug smuggling, the illegal drugs coming into this country, the heroin that are destroying it's a generation of kids? Done right. All the drugs are being made in this country, and no. if we're going to put a wall no, over that's Mexico, not true. Why are we not putting a wall over in Canada? What about stopping terrorists? Country. I guarantee you they'll be coming through Canada to get to New York and wherever. It's very easy. You get on the bus. All right, we need to get on the Northern Wall. Thank you, Bertha. I appreciate that. On another topic on Open Mind Monday, let's bring in Ben. Good morning, Ben. You're on with the Bud Man. What is on your mind this morning, my friend? Well, the reason I don't think of the wall, I mean, the reason we need a wall is because we have the woman in San Francisco, we have the woman in Baltimore, we have Aiello here in Orlando, and we have Eric Holder, who openly defy the law on public TV. Are you talking about our criminal justice system? And uh, locally, we're talking about the state attorney, Aramis Ayala, Orange Osceola, uh, a state attorney who says she won't prosecute um, anyone for the death penalty, including Markeith Lloyd, the cop killer. Absolutely. Yeah, all right. So what are your thoughts on Ayala in particular? Well, she she should be, all these people should be fired swiftly and publicly, just like execution is supposed to be done, yeah. to eliminate this. You can't, you can't fire an elected official. Um, uh, the governor could suspend her, but it, it, I thought if he was going to do that, he might have already done it. He took her off the, uh, uh, the Mark Heath Lloyd case. But when you have an elected official, they don't want to thwart the expressed will of the people at the ballot box which is why, you know, it, it, it's not at all easy uh, to just, you know, blow somebody out who's been elected. I say let's do the uneasy thing. Let's find somebody who's got the guts. We know it's not Scott after what he did to uh, George Zimmerman. Well, but he did move right in and take her off the uh, Mark Heath Lloyd case and assign it to somebody else. I thought that was a great, bold, swift action. I praised him for that. I think he has the power to suspend Ayala. I'd at least like to see him do that, wouldn't you, Ben? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, let's not give up on the governor yet. Maybe he will do it. We'll see. Uh, Yaffe, on the text line, what do you see coming in here right now? We're mostly heavy phones this morning on um, on Good Morning Orlando and Open Mind Monday, but anything of note there, or do you want me to get back on the line here with uh, William? Um, one person says Amaris Ayala should resign from this position that requires what we the people want the justice to do, not what she desires. All right. On Open Mind Monday, if you want to weigh in on Ayala, you want to weigh in on the wall, you got something else on your mind. William's got another take. He's Hispanic. He's going to tell us why Hispanics hate Trump, because that topic came up earlier. So be with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. Lock in early, and uh, you will be heard as Open Mind Monday continues. 
Uh, 407-916-5400 is the phone number. The text line is 23680. Checking in again with uh, my partner and co-host, Deborah Roberts. Let's get up to date on the news. And uh, it's going to be a very, very busy and important day in Washington. Deb? Yes, it is, bud, because FBI Director James Comey and NSA Chief Mike Rogers are on Capitol Hill today. They'll testify at a House Intelligence Committee hearing on alleged Russian meddling in the U.S. presidential election. Also today, Senate confirmation hearings begin for Neil Gorsuch. The federal judge is President Trump's pick to replace the late Antonin Scalia on the Supreme Court. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Tax experts recommend filing early, especially if you expect a refund. And the IRS is urging taxpayers to take advantage of electronic filing again this year. If you do file online, CPA Sandy Abelos says to be aware that the IRS recently upgraded its identity verification process. When filing online this year, you need to be prepared to know your prior year's adjusted gross income or your prior year's self-selected personal identification number. The agency expects more than 80 percent of returns to be filed online this season, with more than 153 million returns expected to be filed. The IRS says choosing e-file and direct deposit remains the safest and fastest way to file an accurate return and receive a refund. Last year, more than 110 million refunds were issued, with an average refund of more than $2,800. Taxpayers have until Tuesday, April 18th, to file their 2016 returns. Disney is being ordered to give back pay to some employees who wear costumes or uniforms. The ruling came Friday from the Labor Department and said Disney violated pay laws in some case when it deducted costume expenses, causing wages to dip below minimum wage. Disney was told to pay close to $4 million in back wages to more than 16,000 Florida employees. The company has also been accused of not properly paying employees for pre-shift work and not keeping proper records of hours worked. And speaking of Disney, Beauty and the Beast is the top box office draw. The Disney film took in $170 million in North America during its first week in theaters and is the biggest start ever for a PG movie, not only here in North America, but also abroad. Coming in a distant second is last week's number one film, Kong Skull Island, with nearly $30 million in ticket sales. Logan finished this week in third place, followed by Get Out and The Shack. In sports, UCF faces top-seeded Illinois State tonight in the second round of the NIT. The Knights advanced with a 79-74 win over Colorado last Wednesday. The Redbirds cruised past UC Irvine 85-71 to move on. WFLA News Time 6-836. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now and I'm going home. What? Bailing on us, Yaffe. She's not going the distance, the no. Deb Meister. <laughs> Did you not hear that last newscast? Uh, <laughs> no, you're doing great. Uh, <laughs> I'm going home. You're the only one who hears the mistakes. <laughs> I don't hear any of that stuff. Neither does anybody oh. else. All right, Deb Meister. Boy, what an amazing story about Beauty and the Beast. Huh? I know. Well, you said that your son and daughter-in-law saw the movie this weekend and said it was fantastic. Fabulous. And they said anybody's making a big deal about that supposed gay scene, they said it's just it's like just a, a minor deal. It isn't even anything you think about. 
or even notice it. It's been way overplayed. Yeah. I think Lynn and I are going to go see it um, uh, because I'm just hearing great, great things about it. And the numbers you bring us this morning are, are confirmation that that movie is on fire. People love it. Well, we look forward to seeing what you have to say about it, bud man. We'll check it out, Deb Meister. Have a nice day. Thank you. You too. I guess and, I'll stay. And you all come back tomorrow, okay? Yeah. Give right. it another shot. Yeah, I'll try. You can do this work. I'm trying. Better than anybody I've ever met, by the way. <laughs> God bless you. I'll catch you shortly, sweetheart. You got it. All right. Hey, well, Deb said she was going home, so so much for her bringing us the breaking news on Tom Brady. What do you got, Yaffe? Well, it apparently there is a report out right now that they have found Tom Brady's jersey. The one stolen in the yes. uh, locker room after Super Bowl 51. Yes, and you will not believe this, bud. They apparently found it on foreign soil. Really? Not, no, not sure exactly yet. They don't have the information on how it got there and who actually had it. But Jay Glazer of Fox Sports reports that the FBI and NFL security believe they have located Tom Brady's stolen Super Bowl jersey, and it will be returned. Glazer reports that the FBI got involved because the jersey was on foreign soil. But we don't know where. Uh, not yet, no. What do you suppose More it was? information coming out on this. Wow. Who knows? I don't know. I blame the Russians. Uh, it just seems popular now, so let's blame them. You think it's some like, you know, Ruski running around <laughs> Moscow with a number 12 jersey, hun? <laughs> yeah. Putin really wanted that jersey, and Putin gets what he wants, okay? <laughs> oh, maybe that's it. I can't wait for the update. How about that? William on Open Mind Monday. Good morning to you, William. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing this morning? Oh, very well, and thank you for being so patient with me. It says on the screen, you're Hispanic. And you're going to explain, because this came up earlier with another caller, why so many Hispanics hate Trump. Well, there's two different uh, perspectives on this. The ones that uh, live by themselves in here, they got families over uh, outside the uh, United States, and they're planning or they're willing to bring their families over. So they seem like uh, they will never be able to be uh, united. Now, in the second part, they, uh, they know that they've been illegal, and from the illegal, they've been making everything legal. Uh, as long as they, 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 they say, as long as they, uh, Trump, it doesn't uh, affect the way of living inside the United States right now, the ones that are here, they're okay with it because they're already here. Uh, they're afraid that he might go after, like, um, uh, the way when they go out to rent a house or when they go and open up a business or yeah. anything that they do to get services. That's how they feel afraid that they might get caught and they get out of the country. Let me ask so you a right question, now, William. Interesting stuff. You're Hispanic. How do you feel about Donald Trump? Where are you on the wall? Oh, I'm 100% on it. Um, I'm, a, I'm a victim of, uh, unfortunately for my own people, uh, from being out of business or not having a home at this point. And uh, I think like I, I tell them, uh, I, I went through the process. I came legally. I had my family over overseas for years. And I went to the legal process to be united. I said everybody should do the same thing. That's why I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 100% with Trump. Right. Uh, that's the right way to do it. What about the wall? You want it? I do want it, but more like it, like you were saying, even if it taken a lot, if it take an hour or two hours to break through it, I think it will be a waste of money. It has to be something that that will not be able to go through it anyhow above or below the ground. Yeah, he wants it 30 feet high, six feet or more underground. And it takes an hour to cut through it. Solid concrete or see-through. They'll be taking bids later this month. Bob in Orlando, by the way, thanks for that great call a moment ago. What's on your mind this morning, Bob? Hey, bud. Um, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, very good. Um, 
You said last week that Aiello beat Jeff Ashton. Not on my ballot. She ran unopposed. Did you vote for Aiello, bud? No, 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 because I'm not in Orange in Osceola County. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, she beat him. She beat beat him by 14 points, 57 to 43. What I'm saying is, if you didn't write in a name, you voted for Aiello. I wrote in Jeff Ashton's name. But everybody who did not write in a name mm-hmm. voted for Aiello, and that's not particularly a popular vote. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's certainly not now, Bob. There isn't any question about that. We'll check the test line in a moment, and if you've got something else you want to weigh in on Open Mind Monday, do it. Time's running short, 407-916-5400. I haven't heard from you yet. And I'm just kind of sitting here with my feet up on the 50,000-watt front porch waiting for your call. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. You know, you got a nice option uh, on the text line here. You never encounter a busy signal, though you may on the phones when they get jammed here. And so folks can get in and um, say whatever's on their mind on Open Mind Monday at 23680. And some of you have. Yaffe, what's, uh, what are you seeing on the text line right now? Yes, but this might be the text of the day. I love this. says, uh, on the Lloyd case, says, I think life in prison would be okay if there were no possibility of food or water. So there you go. I like that. That would be a short term then, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think that solves the problem. You don't have to go after the death penalty, just life in prison without food or water. Quality sarcasm from the uh, <laughs> more sarcastic audience in talk radio. <laughs> Anything else? Yes, uh, one person says, if voters had known her view on the death penalty, don't think she would have been elected. She is not the judge. Impeach. So yeah. people passionate about that, which I understand completely. Absolutely right. She never owned up to it. And boy, how arrogant was she. And I played the cut last week that had me more incensed than anything in her 18-minute news conference when she said she would not go for the death penalty against Lloyd or anybody else while she was state attorney. And 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 the reporter said, well, wait a minute. You never told anybody that, 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 that that's how you felt and that's what you would do when you were running. And her answer was, well, now all the voters know. Yeah. Wow. The height of arrogance. I completely agree. Yeah. Let's go to the phones on Open Mind Monday and see what's on uh, David's mind from the coast. Good morning, David, from Titusville. Good morning, bud. Hi. Um, you know, the Republicans are fixing to make the same mistake on health care that the Democrats did in March of 2010 when they passed a nonpartisan, a a. Yeah, uh, no, you mean a total bill. you mean a totally partisan bill with no yes, support from the other party. A totally partisan bill. So the Republicans should come together, decide what bill they want to come, replace you know, repeal Obamacare, and then put that up for consideration with the statement that unless both parties support it by a majority, it's not going forward. Then they've killed Obamacare and they will return insurance matters to private enterprise you know i would like to see i I, hang on a sec david i really would like to see bipartisanship on this i really would for the reasons you cited um i don't know what in the world could be in a bill put up by the republicans that would get a single democrat vote right now they are all in payback mode for the fact that there was no republican support in 2010 on this and and that's fine and then the federal government could get their hands out of health care and return it back to the turn it back to the states with with tort reform and legislation uh, requiring that mandates from states be removed 
and that insurance can be sold across state lines. Yeah, good stuff, David. Thank you. On Open Mind Monday, getting close to the end of the line, let's bring in Steve from DeLand. You're on with a bud man. What's on your mind, Steve? Hey, uh, my question is, why was Chief Mana over in Duluth? Well, you don't quite have it right, but I know what you're talking about. Orlando Police Chief uh, John Mina joined me live last week reacting to Ayala refusing to go for the death penalty against Mark Heath Lloyd, the cop killer. And uh, he was over in Dubai in the Middle East at the time, and it was a real coup that we got him on the program here. Um, And he was over there for some kind of an international police symposium. It was kind of like a, uh, you know, like some kind of a convention for law enforcement. Who paid for that, and and how much did that cost? I mean, I don't know the, the answer to that one. That's a good question, the, I guess. Yeah. The idea of policing, I mean, what causes crime is culture and economics. What is he learning in Dubai that applies to the U.S.? That's like comparing apples and snow tires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't well, you know what? That. You raise an interesting question. Particularly, the issue would be. Not over what was going on in the end of the baby, and something of great value there, but you have to go a third of the way around the world, and are the taxpayers picking up the tab? Would be a legitimate question, to which, regrettably, the Bud Man does not currently have the answer. Something Maybe we'll look, look into, into for you. We'll work on it for you. Thank you for pointing that out. Hadn't come up before. Thank you so much. It's Open Mind Monday, the end of Good Morning Orlando. For a Monday here from the Front Gate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Um, Lots to talk about tomorrow. I can guarantee you we're already um, getting ourselves ready to go. For Deb and for Yaffe, the Bud Man here, you go out and have a beautiful first day of spring. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.